When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Evan Green. He's Brett Barry, and we know it's been a little while since we've done a pod, and we apologize for that. I mean, it's not like anything happened with Arizona Athletics. You know, the Alamo Bowl gets announced. Arizona men's basketball reaches number one in the country. Arizona men's basketball falls from number one in the country. But we have a good excuse. Brett Barry is no longer in the same time zone, so it makes things kind of difficult to plan. But hey, we're here right now. It's it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. <laughs> I moved. Yeah, Brett moved. Uh, no longer in the Big Twelve footprint as it as it is. He's a Big Ten footprint now, and I think wherever Washington State landed or lands. But either way, pack two, the pack two, the two pack. Um, but we're here. We're gonna talk. Well, there's a lot. Like I was being, you know, sarcastic. A lot has happened, and there's a lot that's going to happen. Of course, next week we're recording on. Uh, December 19th, next week, Arizona versus Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. And we will get to a lot of football in next week's show. Because, of course, signing day, the early signing day starts, I think, the 20th. So by the time you listen to this show, Arizona probably has some commitments in, some signings in. But we're going to get into all that stuff next week in depth. And we'll talk a little bit about some of it at the end of the show today. But we're going to devote this week's episode, not this month's episode, this week's episode. I know what you all are thinking. To the men's basketball team, because there has been a lot since the last time we recorded. I know, I think the last time we recorded, they had played Michigan State and won that game. Since then, they beat Colgate, they beat Wisconsin, and then they lost to Purdue, number three Purdue. And they're about to play Alabama, so that's a good game as well. But, Brett, you know, it was nice to have Arizona ranked number one. If only because, like, hey, like, we know they're good. That they were number one and that they are no longer number one, to me, isn't that big of a deal. Obviously, it would have been nice to see them beat Purdue. But at the same time, it wasn't the type of loss that makes you go, oh, no, this team's not as good as we thought. You know, this is a Sweet 16 team at best. Like, no, it's, it was a good game between two really good teams, which are both still really good teams afterwards, even if they're not ranked number one anymore. Yeah, well, first off, you kind of glossed over they beat Wisconsin. They obliterated Wisconsin. Like, yeah, no, if we were to win last so. week, we would have led with that. <laughs> but, you know, they... Sure, but yeah, no, but like, Purdue is a good team. They are a legit Final Four contender that played a good game. Arizona is a legit Final Four contender that played an okay game, I guess, um, and were competitive with a really good team. Where you know a couple guys on that on on Purdue, you know, had the game of their life at least in the first half, and then Arizona made some some adjustments. Maybe almost you know some people have argued there's been there was too many adjustments trying to figure it out, and there was just some confusion and. Um, 
you know, but Purdue's a good team. This is a, and it wasn't exactly a neutral site. It was a neutral site uh, in the sense, same sense oh, sure. as like the yeah. the Alabama game is. It's, I mean, I think that that game was actually closer to Purdue than uh, the Alabama game is for Tucson. But there's also a lot of fans in Phoenix, right? But, that, but that's what made it such a great game for Arizona to play. And yes, you would have liked for them to have won the game. That would have been ideal. And you know, the first half did not go quite. So the second half of the first half went just absolutely. Poorly. Like Arizona got a good start in the game. Then it fell apart. Fletcher Lawyer just went off. Brandon Smith went off. Like those two combined to make nine of sixteen three pointers. And it kind of you saw what makes Purdue so good. Like Zach Eady, he's he's legit. That guy is a really skilled big man. He's tough to guard down there. He's just so big, right? Umar Bala looks small guarding mm-hmm. Eady. And Umar Bala is a large man. We talked about how thick he is with two C's, two or three C's. But when they have Edie and their guys are making three-pointers like that, I don't know how you stop them. Your best bet is to keep up. And for Arizona, Caleb Love was great. Keshad Johnson was really, really good. But Pella Larson, really not impactful. Made five or seven shots, but he didn't have a good game. Kylan Boswell wasn't very good. Like Arizona did not have enough offense to keep up with a Purdue team that wasn't going to be stopped. Like Would you have liked to see Arizona play better defense? Yeah, their rotations weren't great. But Purdue, when they're making shots like that, is a de- they seem impossible. To, I don't know how you stop them, how you prevent them from scoring 92 points. You just have to hope you score 93. Well, I mean, to some extent, the shooting percentage goes way up when there's confusion on the defensive side, sure, right? And sure. you're leaving guys and you're leaving guys open. But also, then, like those guys have to make their shot, open shots, and that's you know, this this isn't the NBA where it's you know Kevin Durant left alone, un- unguarded, is going to hit. 60 right. Just because a guy's open doesn't mean he's going to make it. How many open threes did Arizona miss, for example? Like it have, How many did Purdue miss? Like They missed some, too. Yeah, and, and I mean, and Fletcher Lawyer was playing out of his mind, uh, you know, doing high off-the-glass shots that were like bank shots on some drunk contested drives. Like, for a little, for a hot minute there, he could do no wrong, right? Um, and so there, there is something to be said that there was some times where I think Arizona's Errors on the offensive side almost somehow transferred over to the defensive side where the guards were confused as to were they switching on a screen, were they not, who was going high. You know, Pell Larson had not a great game. He hurt his finger or hand, and, like, even though I don't think it was a bad injury, I think it got in his head a little Maybe. bit. He had some lazy passes. He had, I think yeah. he had, like, I think he had, like, five turnovers, mm-hmm. and, like, they were they were not forced turnovers either or they weren't like turnovers from aggression Mm -hmm. which is it's a different thing than like you know you just done turned the ball over son um and so i think like after there was that little bit of a a, you know quick sandy moment there where they were kind of sinking and paul larson was at the core of that it was nice to see them come back and and fight their way back a a ways to keep the game competitive Mm -hmm. um and like you know i it it happened it it happened to be that some of the you know some some calls started to get a little bit more questionable and a little weirder but like that's not the reason why Arizona didn't win the game you know they no, they, they they turned the ball over too much they played too bad defense the officiating was inconsistent but it was inconsistent both ways like there were a couple of calls yeah. that I think Purdue got especially like, there was the charge or the block on KJ Lewis where Zach Eady just barreled him over. Oh. I was like well yeah. I mean like that's going to have like block charges are tough and we've seen like referees like they never get that right it seems like. There wasn't too much. I'm like, what are they calling, or why didn't they call that? Like, it seemed like it was uneven officiating, but even with regards to the unevenness for the teams, right? Like, it's not to, you can't really say one team got the real benefit of the officiating, but if one did, it was probably Purdue, which you would expect. And it basically yeah. meant that they were leading most of the way, 
and there is basically a home game for them. So like it's the same advantage you expect Arizona to get in Tucson, right? Where it's not really the difference, but if there's like a 50-50, if it's maybe 55-45, it's going to go to the home team. In this case, yeah. it did. Not like you said, not why Arizona lost the game. I think, you know, Arizona lost because Purdue was really damn good. And Arizona was not. You mentioned, like, Arizona played an okay game, and they did. Like, Caleb Love was outstanding. And, like, you're seeing more and more as he gets comfortable why Arizona needs a player like him. Because he's, he's a walking bucket, especially when he's on. And he can keep, he can shoot you out of a game, but he can also shoot you into one. He kept Arizona in this game. Keyshawn Johnson, unreal. Just what he brings to this team. Just they needed more. They needed Appel Larson to put up the 20 he did against Wisconsin. They needed Colin Boswell to be the shoot-the-lights-out three-point shooter he had been earlier in the season, right? They needed someone else to be like a perimeter-type scorer, and they just didn't have it. And the fact that they came back and battled and got within, I think, four or a few times in the second half late, and they just would turn over and miss a shot. Like, it just wasn't – they never got any closer. So they never got within one possession while having the ball. So that's kind of my rule with any comeback. Like, that's when you know you have a real chance. You're really in it. But, yeah, they didn't quit. They showed the heart of a team that – well, when they have veterans who, like, know they can play. And they had the mentality of a team that, yeah, they're, they were the number one team in the country. They think they're still in the game until it's over. So that was nice to see. Like, if, if, there's only, if you want to be concerned, it's obviously that they lost to Purdue, who they might play again. But if they play Purdue again, it's probably in the final four of the national championship game. And if that's the case, I'll take my chances that Arizona plays a better game or has a different game plan, which they might. So it's just mm-hmm. they played a team that is probably one of the few in the country that can be a mismatch for Arizona. Arizona's usually the biggest team on the floor. Well, they're not bigger than Zach Eady, right? <laughs> like, that's something that Arizona's not going to see again until the NCAA tournament, if it happens. So is that an excuse? No. Like, you'd like to see Arizona be able to beat everyone they play. They were never going undefeated. So if this is, what if this is their first loss, and it is, we'll see when their next one is. But, like, this is not... There's no good losses, but it's not a bad loss. It's just a loss. Yeah, this is the kind of game that we we talked about when we talked about the schedule and being ready for March. That we knew Arizona wasn't going to go undefeated. This gauntlet of a schedule, if you know, if they go undefeated on this, they're in the discussion of like greatest Arizona team of all time, yeah. and maybe even college team of all time with the way that the schedule was lining up. But this is, you know, in a bigger arena in a quasi-neutral environment that's not that neutral. This is the kind of thing that sets you up for March in a physical game. And there were, I think, they they did not, there were not enough guys on the roster that played a good game. And even, I would even say that Tommy Lloyd's game plan was not his best. Oh, it didn't work. Um, the and I, coverage did not work. It was, and I mean, that should have been kind of, in hindsight, is obviously, is obviously clear, but also you can't drop coverage on shooters, right? Well, are you one of the people um, that would say, like, let Edie get his and just make sure no one else does anything? Because there's there's different schools of thought, right? Like, he's their best player. If you let him go for, like, 30 and 15 or 30 and 20, it's not an easy way to win either. But there's a lot of people, I remember, I mean, not the same, but I remember back in the day, the Suns with Steve Nash. I think there was the playoffs, like, the Mavericks, like, we're going to let Nash go for, like, 40 yeah. points. We're just not going to let everyone else get going. And if that's the case, one guy is not beating us. Like, if you're Arizona... I can understand saying we're going to not let Edie beat us. And if Fletcher Lawyer, Braden Smith, go out there and just make all those threes, so be it. Like, you'll live with that because it's not going to happen all the time. But obviously, it didn't work this time. So, I, this is where I would just say that there, there needed to be more communication. Even this is like the same, it's like pickup league rules. Like, there's always two good shooters out there. Those are just the guys you don't cheat off, right? Yeah. 
And Arizona didn't do that. They were cheating off the guys that were the shooters, right? Was that some um, of Purdue's offense of making sure those are the guys you're cheating off of? You're just, well, uh, when they went to Arizona, yeah. they went to zone in the second half, and it seemed to yeah. help for a little while. Yeah. And, and the other the other thing that I'm curious to know your perspective on this, because I actually was surprised and would have liked, for all the things that Tommy Lee tried to throw on defense, I'm surprised Arizona didn't trust Krivas to see what he could do against Edie in a one-on-one environment, because he can match the, like, Lamar Ballo is overlisted on his height. I've stood next to him. Uh, he is He's only a couple inches taller than I am. I think Krivas is a legit 7-2, right? Krivas had his seven minutes, and I don't remember him doing too much. You know, it might have been just slightly a bigger, too big a stage for him, too. Like, this is the type of game that Arizona hadn't... I mean, they played at Duke, sure, but they hadn't played a team like Purdue in this environment. So I, I, I'm i not sure... I don't think Krivas getting more run would have been the difference. Well, um, this is where I... In a game where it... In the grand scheme of things, it's a game to prep you for March. Yeah. Even in those seven minutes, I think a lot of those seven minutes were when Edie was out. I kind of want would have liked to have given him that challenge to prepare him for a future matchup yeah. potentially in March. And you know what? Maybe he maybe he rises to the occasion uh, and focus on the defensive side alone, right? And just be like, your job right now is to try to you know minimize his impact, and you don't have to double as much. You don't have to drop down as much. You know, I I would have at least toyed with that a bit more than they did. It seemed like they were actively trying to line up Balo's minutes with Edie. Um, and I I get it; he's your more veteran guy. But Balo had a decent game. Like a lot of the defense on like Edie, like, no, he, he was there. Yeah. There's nothing he could do. <laughs> well, Edie was going to get some of his, and I think to your to your question, it's like it's I'm trying to split the difference to answer your question yeah, no, of like, like if Edie's going to get his anyway, you might as well. Yeah, you know, and like and up, but it's. A, it's almost like I feel like with Edie, it's like you approach it like you try to confuse a quarterback where you change the coverages yeah. up all the time and not do the same thing. And that's where you just know where the shooters are. And maybe, you know, of the other two guys on the court, you surprise them with what they're going to do there. Or you occasionally run, you know, a basketball version of a, a zone, a corner blitz where you do cheat off the shooter, but the other guy goes up to cover the shooter, right? Yeah. And they don't necessarily – like. That's probably how I would have liked to dabble in on that, but I'm, it's also easy when I'm sitting, sipping a beer, watching the game, and uh, you know, saying what great coverage on this Peacock app I'm seeing. Yeah, and the bright side, like I paid six dollars to watch this game, but now I have Peacock. I've been watching AP Bio, like I liked that show on NBC back in the day, so I'm watching that during the day. So I'm getting my six dollars worth, you know, for my for my one month of Peacock TV. But I think like to put a bow on this, and obviously, the, if the concerning thing would be if they played. Purdue when they couldn't stop him like you know Kylan Basel wasn't very good in this game and that's hasn't been a great shooter the last few games and it won't always matter I know he's dealing with a knee injury a little bit so who knows how much that's affecting him but they part of what made them a really special team was the point guard play being that much better because Kylan Basel can be that good so they need to get him back on track if it's resting him obviously Jaden Bradley played some decent good defense off the bench in that game didn't contribute anything offensively so like that was the problem there i remember he had like one i think it was down four and like he drove in he got Edie in the air and decided to kick it back i was like no just turn around and lay it in which easy to say watching on tv but they just needed more and arizona obviously they they played who's now number one Purdue. so it wasn't a surprise people were like oh yep they won they're back to number one you know like that, that was a really good team that they lost to in a competitive game and if that's the only type of team arizona struggles with arizona's gonna be just fine because then you get to a tournament setting where it's just one time, right? And Arizona was went toe-to-toe with them. It was 92-84 final. And yes, Arizona was playing catch-up for the entire second half. But I would argue they went toe-to-toe. They put a scare into them. 
Yeah. Can I can I give a little bit of back and forth, uh, glass half full, glass half empty on this? Yeah. You know, the, the if I took Arizona's roster last year and their general toughness, I think Arizona loses that game once Purdue goes on a run. They lose by twenty five. Yeah. I Maybe more. Um, so the good news is, you know, the guys you brought in to bring that toughness, Caleb Love and Kashad Johnson, brought it, and they were your best players, and they were the guys that uh, that showed up. The, the thing that, you know, maybe it's not a full concern now because you have those two guys, but if, all the other guys on that roster, like, it, some of them reverted a little back to last year's, like, kind of afraid to take a shot like right the Princeton like game where it's like no one wanted to do anything like and, yeah. kyla yeah kylan boswell kj lewis Jaden bradley and krivas you know how many combined points those four players had adam you're not many. you're not eight yeah and, and six of those minutes were, right like kj was played 17 minutes bradley played 17 minutes krivas seven boswell 26 like yeah and more. that's with and that was boswell who just said had a bad game he had six of those eight <laughs> right so like that's a it's not something to be panicking about, but it's something to at least like, you know, raise an eyebrow of concern, but you also have those dogs on the roster in, you know, in Kashad Johnson and in Caleb Love that made me, make me feel a little bit better, but then that's where you needed a third guy to step up in this game. And it, Bala was decent, but he was never going to go off for 25 points against Edie. Right. No. He, um, you needed a better game from Pella Larson or Kylan Boswell or KJ Lewis. Um, you know, there's, you just need to get more from one of them. Um, but it's a learning experience. And a lot of these guys are young and this is one of the bigger games they've been in. Right. For sure. For sure. So Brett, let's, let, we'll put a bow on the Purdue game, but we still got more basketball to talk. We're going to take a break and we come back. Arizona does have some pretty big games over the next week. They got Alabama. They got Florida Atlantic number 14 FAU and what should be some more learning experience and more good tests for what we still think is a really good team. So let's talk about what's facing Arizona after this break. We're back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0. So <sighs> Arizona men's basketball, no longer number one in the country. It's a pity. It was a fun run while it lasted. No banner, I guess, can be hung because it's, it's over. But Arizona still got some really big games coming up, Brett. Starting with Alabama, a game that's going to be played in Phoenix at the Footprint Center where the Suns play. And this doubleheader, they follow, I think, ASU and, like, Northwestern or something. So it's like, yeah, why, you know, ASU's the appetizer, I guess, for the real good teams. It's the Jaden Bradley revenge game. You know, I know Tommy Lloyd in his press conference on uh, Tuesdays, like, yeah, they left on good terms. Like, that was like a, you know, no one's mad at each other. <laughs> like, it was just looking for a different opportunity. So not really a revenge <laughs> game, but Arizona-Alabama. Of course, last year, Alabama was the number one overall seed in March Madness in the NCAA tournament. They haven't been as good this season. They're off to a, you know, they already got four losses. But, you know, they're a good team. They run a different type of offense. They like to shoot a lot of threes still. And it's a nice test for Arizona, especially coming off their first loss to see how Arizona responds following a loss, playing a completely different style of team. Well, let's be fair. Uh, Three of those four losses were to ranked teams, including number one, Purdue. Who loses to Purdue on the road? But no good team would ever do that. We only lose at neutral sites with air quotes around it, right, Adam? <laughs> um, no, and like you know, I pulled up Ken Palm to give a sense of things. And Alabama, with their six and four record, is still number nine in the country. 
uh, actually one spot ahead of another ranked team they lost to in Creighton, which is number 10. And they and, lost uh, some key guys from last year. It's early, but I imagine they'll figure it out. Yeah, so you know, don't let the don't let the six and four record fool you. This is going to be a real game, a real test. Uh, you know, it's again the quasi neutral site, kind of like you know the shoes on the other foot this time, where hopefully there will be a, a large contingent of Arizona fans making it very uncomfortable for Alabama. Uh, I'm presuming you will be among them. Yes, I will. Um, I will sadly not be. I will be, you know, yelling at my screen. Um, but yeah, it's going to be another good good matchup. I think you know Alabama is not the same team as last year, but interestingly, they are number one in adjusted offense on uh, Ken Palm, one spot ahead of Purdue, <laughs> and five spots ahead of Arizona, who's number six in adjusted offense. Now Arizona's adjusted defense is number three, and Alabama's is one hundred five. So it's going to be a change up in styles. Um, you know, it's going to be. I'm curious to see how it's going to play out. I think Arizona is going to grow from the Purdue game. You know, be at the semi-friendly confines in in Phoenix, uh, and hopefully they'll come out and and put on a pretty good show. Yeah, I would think so. Of course, this game probably comes down to Arizona's bigs. Like Alabama's got some tall players, but they're not big players. Like Grant Nelson, I'm looking at. He's their third leading scorer. He's six eleven, two thirty. He's not a. I mean, he's tall, but like Umar Balo is thick. Right, Krivas is more is a bigger guy too, so can Arizona's size somewhat overwhelm Alabama? That's something where the Purdue game, Arizona wasn't getting to the boards, defensive or offensive rebounding like they normally do because when there's a Zach Eady, these guys are not Zach Eady. <laughs> you know, like these guys are not the type of players who should crush Arizona on the boards. Nelson's their team leader with six point two rebounds a game. Now their guards rebound, so Arizona still has to pay attention and crash the boards, you know, from everybody, but. Certainly, this seems like the type of game where Arizona is the better team. They have a better offense and a much better defense. And just more things they can do, more things they can throw at them. But to me, it comes down to, I mean, they are playing in what will basically be a home game. I don't imagine Alabama fans are traveling to this one. But does Arizona, following their first loss of the season, come out with a different intensity? Are they, are they more into the game and focused? Are they less because they're kind of despondent? Like, I would think they're a veteran team with most of the key guys came back either from last season's team or from teams that have been to the Final Four National Championship game. I don't imagine their mentality should be a problem, but I'm very interested to see because it's like, what do they? what's the box, like the boxing cliche? It's like, you know, it's until you get punched in the mouth type of thing. Like, they got punched in the mouth against Purdue. They got knocked out. Well, how do they respond in their next bout? You know, how do they come out against a team they should be, a team that they are better than in a friendly environment? doesn't mean they should win by 25, but it seems like it sets up for the type of game where Arizona would win by 25. Well, and I think it's going to be a test. If you look at the stats uh, on the season, uh, Alabama shooting over 39% from three. Mm-hmm. Like it, that, that sounds like a team we just played where uh, in, in Purdue, where they have some guys that can hit the open shot if you're going to leave them open. So, you know, they don't have a ED kind of feeding them wide open looks, but it's going to, it's going to be a good test to see how, you know, we talked a lot about how the guards struggled with communicating and the right strategy on defense to defend the three. Uh, and, you know, the difference between a 39 and 35% team shooting in threes is the difference between a win and a loss. And a lot of times that's just the ability to ever so slightly knock those shooters out of rhythm with a little bit of pressure or, a, you know, enough ball pressure that makes the pass not perfectly placed. So I'm curious to see how the the the, the guards especially respond to this. And then I, I think you're right in terms of the bigs, though. Like, 
this this should be a time for Krivas and and Balo to hopefully eat a little bit. I would think. Um, you know they're they're gonna they're gonna Umar Balo is gonna go out there and be like, oh, these guys feel like tiny compared to. <laughs> He's gonna to do the eating. too small thing, and it's like, yeah, I kind of see where you're coming from. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's. Well, you're ahead. saying that's where maybe playing Alabama right after Purdue is the right thing for Arizona because you have to imagine Tommy Lloyd's message, especially about defending shooters. I imagine he talks about it all the time, but it probably hits home a little bit more easily after a game like Purdue, where it was the shooters who buried them, right? So it's like, hey, stay uh-huh. at home, make your rotations, be on top of it, communicate. All the things that they weren't doing against Purdue is stuff that if they do that with Alabama, I mean, it's always possible Alabama comes out there and just rains threes and does what they do, and there's no amount of defense that can stop them. We've seen that happen to Arizona in the past. It's possible. But it's hard to imagine Arizona doesn't come out focused on that specific defensive assignment, especially after what happened before. You know, had they beaten Purdue, then you're always waiting for the trap game, right? If they had come back and won that game, it's like they still could have learned from it. They still could have been like, hey, you got lucky because your defense mm-hmm. was garbage or whatever. Your rotations weren't very good. Do better, otherwise you will lose. But it's hard to imagine them coming out, a veteran team of guys who have been through big games, been through tough games, have lost big games too, but know that it's December. <laughs> like your season's not over. You're still ranked number four in the country. All your goals are still in front of you. They still will be, even if you lose to Alabama or FAU. But to kind of just reassert yourselves, do the things that you were doing. It's not like they played a bad game against Purdue. They didn't play a great game or a good game. I mean, they needed to play a good game to beat a team, a good team that played a good game. So, you know, it's not like anything they have to fix too much. Just small tweaks, just every now and then, like, hey, like, you know, just shake up the tree a little bit, right? I'm trying to think of a metaphor here that people say. It's like, just like refresh it a little bit. Like, hey, just a reminder, do your thing. That's what you got to do. And you win these games because you are the better team. Because Arizona is a really good team still. You know, this is a nice week. Alabama on Wednesday, FAU on Saturday, to kind of reassert yourselves as, you know, to finish up non-conference. Like, yep, like this is Arizona. This is, you know, the favorite to be the number one seed out West. And you do that by winning these two games. If if you come back and you know like it's getting right back up on that horse against two solid teams in Alabama and and FAU, which is I forget what they're up to being ranked right now, but they're they're FAU up there. FAU is fourteen. Yeah, so these are these are two non uh, these are not a uh, this is not a game these neither of these are games to take lightly, and they're going to be good ones to get back up on the horse after you got kicked. Mm-hmm. Um, in big picture, you know, <laughs> I think your point's right. Like you can learn from a win almost as much as you can learn from a loss, but it really lands when you lost. Right. And it you, and you avo- <laughs> and it will end even more conversely, you avoid the, the hubris that can come with feeling invincible. Right. Yeah. Like, and so maybe that's even the more important thing than the lessons. It's the avoidance of the hubris. Uh, but also here, all right, you've been knocked off your pedestal a little bit. If you come back and answer against two quality teams, that hubris can, with the combined with the loss, can become more of a assured self confidence rather than a cockiness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, heading into conference play and into into March, because it's going to be these are going to be good matchups. I'm really curious to see. You know, we talked about those the four guys uh, between Kylan Boswell and the bench guys that didn't do much. Pella Larson didn't have his best game. Bala was decent but not great. Like, I'm curious to see who is able to kind of get back up on that horse in these games and and really deliver. Yeah, and just the very nature of what Arizona can do. Like we mentioned, like Balo should feast, Krivas should have good games. Like, sure, that's not say Arizona's best self, 
But I want to see them be able to do the things that Arizona does. And part of what makes them an exciting team is that, in theory, they can beat you different ways. You know, Bottle can go off for 18 and 10 on you or get 20 points or just feast down low, get to the free throw line, make half of them if he's lucky. You know, Crevis has shown offensive ability as well. And what that does is it opens up for the shooters, right? For Kylan Boswell, for Caleb Love to get easy looks. Or Caleb Love can go one-on-one or the fast breaks. Like, they can do so many different things. And they're playing different opponents like this. I'm curious to see how they match up. But either way, Arizona should look like... I say what Arizona should look like Arizona. That just means getting good looks and making good shots. You know, and playing mm-hmm. defense. It's not like, oh, they're right when this is... No, they're right when they're just scoring 90 points and being efficient. Like, that's when Arizona's Arizona. But how they get there looks different. It could look differently. It could be low post stuff. could be some jump shoots. could be some three-point shooting because they have that ability. It certainly seems like... And we'll get into, obviously, the conference play when that starts after these couple games. But out West, and especially in the Pac-12 so far, no one really looks nearly Arizona's level. <laughs> I mean, it is it is Arizona's conference to lose easily. I mean, Colorado right now is second. They're 8-2. and two. Utah's 8-2. and two. Washington State's 8-2. and two. But it's not like these aren't teams that are putting off, you know, big wins and have impressive rosters. Not to say that Arizona's going to run the table in conference play because that huge oh, risk... They win. They're almost assuredly going to lose in conference. Yeah, to someone that they shouldn't lose to, but it'll happen. But between the Pac-12 and even, like, Gonzaga's not quite Gonzaga right now. Like, it certainly seems like as Arizona's going to be wrapping up non-conference play. And, of course, we'll see what happens in those final two games. But that the number one seed out west is kind of there for the taking. And I know it's weird to say that on December 19th. But it's true. (laughs) But it's true, right? And... That's the wild thing about this Arizona. They're eight and one, but they've shown enough to be like, yeah, they have the type of roster that should win the Pac-12 in its final season of existence, and should maybe only lose two more games this season, three more games this season, if that. If if that, if yeah. That no, I mean, it's based on the schedule after these two, because yes, like like they're going to lose. I, it's hard to see them going undefeated through conference play, if only because it's hard to see them going undefeated through conference play. Not because there's a team like, oh, that's going to be a tough game. Like Usually the tough teams are UCLA, Oregon, you know, USC. Yeah. And they'll, they'll lose that. They'll, they'll lose, lose that some Boulder. of those games. Like, USC is going to be challenging. UCLA is always challenging. Oregon is always challenging, even when they're not at their best. And then ASU is ASU. I mean, we all know what can happen there with, you know, three-quarter court shots. So, like, they're going to lose a game or two in conference, but it's hard to see them losing more than that. And if they win these two, that's a three-loss season at worst. <laughs> and that's I mean, the number one seed. That's the number one seed out west. I'll even say that they'll maybe the over/under for losses in Pac-12 play is two and a half. Yeah, right. I'd say two and a half um, is the right way to put it. And I, you know, three I wouldn't be surprised at. Four I would be, <laughs> right? But if and then if short if of like start, monumental injuries or things like that, yeah. Yeah, and if you and if you start with that premise. If Arizona wins these next two games in even just like not even like decisive fashion, just wins them straight straight up, the one seed is all but locked up already, right? Like it's there's it there's no be. competition. It should yeah. be. As long as you don't trip over yourself and lose six games in conference play and you've just undercut the whole conference, <laughs> right? Um so yeah, it's it, and I think that there's something to be said for that also in terms of motivation coming off the loss of like, hey, guys, this is our chance to make our ca- – this is our our last best chance to really make our case for seeding before we go into conference play. Let's, you know, take care of business. Let's apply the lessons we learned. 
let's you know let's go and see what we can what we can achieve and i think that'll be a good motivating factor and they're they're the better team so they should just beat them you know it's wild to say like a good motivating factor is that you win these two games you have the number one seed in december (laughs) like i don't imagine that's the message but probably some version of it is that like just take care of business like you are the better and they know they're the more talented team right like it's they were built that way it's maybe surprising that they were that good that fast but they were built to be one of the best teams now of the fact that other Pac-12 teams and again like UCLA has a lot of young players they'll probably get better over the course of the season Mm -hmm. Oregon always gets better towards the end of the season like there's going to be some talented teams that they play not as talented as Arizona but talented enough to where if Arizona plays a bad game and or the opponent plays a really good game Arizona can lose well US US USC's talent is um, up there with Arizona yeah Yeah. (laughs) their coaching really isn't but the talent is Andy Enfield the worst version of Bobby Hurley. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know in which way he's worse. <laughs> Coaching. <laughs> but but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but so that that's where they're at right now. And it's a I mean it's a, not a bad place to be, but it does kind of give you that I just want to get to March. You know, just stay healthy. I want to get to March because that's what matters. And that's that's the other thing with this team. They're kind of entering that territory now with the way their non-commerce has gone to where this is great. I mean, they could have run the table and it'd still be like, that's great, but what can you do in the tournament? You know, so they're uh-huh. they're kind of entering that territory, I think, as a team where it's like we know what they're capable of. Now can they go out and do it? And they won't have that chance until March, unfortunately, <laughs> which means the rest of the season must be stressful with that they're going to play a bunch of games that you're going to go in and thinking they shouldn't lose. There's going to be some close games. And, you know, I say like the best Arizona teams, opponents can hang with them for 15 minutes or 20 minutes or 25 for 30, sometimes 35 minutes. But it's hard to be better than Arizona for 40. Purdue was. Maybe yeah. for all 40, but, you know, to beat them over the course of 40 minutes. So there's going to be games where Arizona in the second half, they're, you know, five minutes left to go. And maybe they're tied with a team they shouldn't be tied with. But they've shown that ability to where they can then pull away. And that's what the best Arizona teams do. So yeah, I, I hope people can enjoy this run, whatever it is, because this is a really good team. And, of course, it's like a one-shot deal with guys like Caleb Love and with Kishad Johnson. You know, it's Pella Larson's last year, I would assume. I think it has to be. You know, Colin Boswell's been linked to in some of the first round, like mock drafts. It's early, and the way he's played lately, not so much. But just this is a really unique team that Arizona has put together, Tommy Lloyd has put together, that has a lot of really – I mean, it's Barbalo's last year, I would think. You know, like, there's a lot of guys who are key players who this is it for them as Arizona Wildcats. And, yeah, hopefully it ends with them cutting down the nets in Glendale. That would be awesome. But at least for the next couple of months, few months, like, let's try to enjoy this because there's some really good players and they've played some really good basketball. And I think there's more good basketball ahead. So, you know. Well said, Adam. Even though we're thinking about seeding, we're already talking about, hey, getting the number one seed. There's a lot of games to be played between now and then. But let's try to enjoy those. You know? Well, let's just you know we're we're not talking football this episode, but we're talking about you know being a number one seed right before a good signing day in the middle of a nine win season before uh, Alamo Bowl appearance. Let's let's enjoy the nice things we have right now, guys. And then that's a nice plug, bro. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're really going to get into football next week's show because football has a lot that deserves some really good discussion. But doesn't mean we can't at least gloss over, give the high level take on some of the things that have happened over the last couple weeks so but let's take a break and we come back let's get into some football welcome back wildcat radio 2.0 brett signing day the early signing day is coming up and arizona 
football has a few guys that have announced their commitments, and obviously until they sign, anything can change. Arizona knows that. The class looks like it's going to be top 35, top 30, maybe when all said and done, right? I mean, they've gotten a few commitments recently, junior college guy. Um, they got a transfer safety from who was at Tennessee, Jack Luttrell. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not upset about the offseason so far. Now, the, the, the caveat is after the bowl game, we'll see what the portal could do to Arizona. But until that time comes, like so far, it looks like it's shaping out to be pretty good. I note that you uh, glossed over the world's largest defensive lineman uh, guy they picked up. Large excuse you're afraid of pronouncing it. Chuba? I believe it's Chuba Mai. Of course I got Mai. his first name wrong, yeah. Um, but like, you know, <laughs> I think I read somewhere that his listed weight of 347 is actually lower than what he's at, and he's actually sitting at 370, which is probably too much. <laughs> um uh, you know, but like you can't you can't coach that kind of size. And if you're gonna have to fill, you know, Arizona's gonna lose some guys. That you know, there's still some questions out there. You know, Bill Norton maybe comes back, maybe not. Manoa, I think, is gone. Manoa's gone. Um, I think Co uh, is gone. Um, but there's also some guys coming in, and there's you know they just flipped a Cal commit. There's talk of a four star receiver that used to be committed to Colorado that is someone to keep an eye on. Some transfer or some commits to Oregon. We might poach their guys for once uh, on signing day. Maybe that could be fun just for that reason alone. Um, but you know, also at the end of the day, you don't know until they sign their letter of intent, and to some to some extent, don't even know until they show up on campus, right? Um, and and really, you don't know what this you know. If we judge the classes in advance, and those rankings are based on NFL potential, not even like college potential. And I've grown to trust this staff exceedingly, uh, you know, an exceeding amount based on what they've been able to achieve, even with the low-rated guys. Like Wendell Moe is one of the lowest-rated guys, and he's he's looking like a future NFL guy in terms of identifying and developing talent. Even in, like, I think this coaching staff has earned the trust that they can identify and coach up talent. But we have to remember, yeah, the December signing day is fun. Get a lot of guys locked in, especially players who might be showing up to campus early. But some of Arizona's key guys are the last couple of seasons – they were brought into the program late, like after spring ball. He's like Taylor Upshaw, for example, yes. who was Arizona's best pass rusher this year. He was a late addition to the team. DJ Williams was a late addition to the team. So the roster, yes, they're going to add players in December. I forget, like, I mean, T-Mac took until the very end of, like, the early signing period a couple of years ago. But they're going to add talent, yes, but they're probably not done bringing guys in. And, of course, they're not done losing guys because the portal hasn't claimed too much from Arizona, not key guys you know, going into the bowl game. But how many of those guys are saying, I want to play in the bowl game and then I'll reevaluate, you know, like that that could happen. You know, you expect it to happen. Now the hope is that Arizona has built enough of a culture and done a good enough job to convince people that you come to Arizona, you can win games, you can get some NIL and you can go pro. You do that. Then what's the point of leaving? Like Dorian Singer might be the cautionary tale that Jeff says, Hey, like here's a guy who was probably on pace to go to the NFL. He was here for one more season goes to USC, got the bag, and good for him. He, You know, if you can make that money, go get it. But then had like 20-something catches, and it's probably off the radar now for the NFL. Like, so you say, hey, stay here. Put up your numbers. We'll get you to the NFL. But there's going to be some players who might say, yeah, let's go get my bag now, you know, or find a different role. So that does happen, and there's probably some guys who are considering it, and they're going to wait till the bowl game. Mm-hmm. So the roster as it will be come December 20th, 21st, 22nd, it's not going to be 
it in terms of additions and or subtractions, you know, when the season begins next year. But if you trust this coaching staff, and I think they've earned that in terms of uh-huh. being able to keep guys, being able to get guys, being able to coach them up, then you're going to watch the signing day. You enjoy it. You like the hype videos, the interviews they do with the coaches. You're like, yeah, we like this guy. He does this, this, and that, you know, see where Arizona's ranked. Sure. But don't put too much stock into it. Just be like, hey, it's a good football team who's going to add some good football players. That's the other thing with the transfer portal. Some guys they're probably not going to get because it's kind of like Arizona basketball. It's like they're not going to get these guys coming in to play off the bench. You know, players who want to come start somewhere, there's not as many starting jobs available at Arizona. Yes, you come to compete, but Arizona's established at a lot of spots. So they're looking for depth guys, someone like Chuba, as it may be. You know, isn't necessarily coming to start, but he's going to be a rotation piece, and that's what you're getting from the portal. Some of these guys—they're not coming in to be the guy right off the bat. And well, look at look at they attack the portal. Look at Jordan Shaw, the the corner they got from, from Indiana. Indiana. Yeah, you know, high upside guy, only played in I think four games, so he still has four years of eligibility. You know, he looks like a guy who's going to slot in to you know be trading Stukes backup, be the Martell Irby who's going to be gone. Right, and that, that you're gonna get you're gonna get some of his snaps and the opportunity when trading Stukes hopefully goes to the NFL. This is how you're supposed to build a program, right? Yeah. And that's you know that it's it's it there's there's enough depth there that even without some of these additions, I feel like Arizona would be a decent team next year. But knowing how this the coaching staff identifies and develops talent, you know it's it's going to be a fun ride. I think. I, I think so. So. Again, the signing day starts December 20th, and Arizona will have their party, all the videos. Enjoy it, and there will probably be some surprises. There always are, especially when you're Arizona lately. They get some guys on signing day. It's like, oh, we didn't know they were recruiting that guy. Or, oh, that guy was recruited, you know, was committed to Oregon, and now he's going to Arizona, whatever it is. I like, guess have fun with it. Arizona's in a pretty good position, you know, for this signing day and for the future. Of course, the bowl game will be a lot of fun next week. And, again, we're going to get more into signing day because we'll have results from signing day in the early period. And we'll get to some elevable prep next week. Um, what else? Like Arizona women beat ASU over the weekend. That was nice to see. Always crushed them. And they've had a bit of a tough go. They played a tough schedule. There's a little bit of drama. Maya Naji, I know, left the program to decide to pursue her medical career, which, hey, you know, I have nothing but respect for that. She was a good player, really good player. She was helping Arizona. But if she wants to move on to the next part of her life where she's going to be a doctor, then nothing wrong with that. You know, best of luck to her. But, yeah, just, just it's a busy time for Arizona athletics. Always, it seems like. But it's good things, mostly. Like, they're good programs playing games, like playing their sports right now. Yeah, remember when we used to make the joke of Arizona sports never stops with just the drama and the crazy news, and now it's like it never stops. It's great. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll get into all of that stuff, of course, as, you know, once football season ends, we definitely get to devote time to basketball, both men and women, and we'll definitely do a lot of that. Um, but, Brett, I think that about does it for us. Um, of course, everyone, you know, appreciate you listening. Make sure if you listen to us or you subscribe to us on iTunes and on Spotify, if you're on iTunes, leave us a rating and review. We read the review on the air. Brett, I heard a rumor we have some reviews this week, some new reviews. We, we do indeed, and I did not step on your lead-in this time. I'm, I'm proud of myself. Yeah, I'm proud um, of you too. We actually – hey, it's been, it's been a minute. So uh, also apparently what we need to do to get some of these reviews is just not uh, have a podcast for several weeks, and then everyone will tell us how great we are Keep in them these reviews. More. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Scarcity. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go with uh, the first one uh, came from John0206. 
uh, with the caption, good job, guys, exclamation mark, uh, five stars. I'm a lifelong wildcat, and it's good to hear from people that have the same passion I do. You both cover the cats well, ask good questions of guests, and best intro ever, exclamation mark. And we can take credit for everything but the intro. Mm-hmm. So thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. Of course, we'll have more guests on. We have a, some ideas of getting some people lined up here to talk because, you know, I, we, like you said, we, we, like to, we like to think we have a pretty good opinion on things, a good perspective, but there's certain people who are around programs or have even more insight than we do, and it's great to hear from them because, you know, I like hearing from experts. I don't know. Plus, I like not hearing the sound of my own voice when I listen to this podcast after we publish it. <laughs> so it's fun to have guests that you I found a way to like mute yourself. It's just like you have the subtitles for you and not everyone. Else. <laughs> scene missing, scene missing. <laughs> oh, it's like a weekend. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go to the the next one. Oh, thanks Adam. for that. Thanks for that review. Appreciate that. Yeah. So the next one from KJ Feel Feel F E I L. Uh, Caption, my go-to for UA News and Insight, another five stars. Uh, so I'd like that this is heading already, Adam. Uh, great news source for University of Arizona Athletics and also a fun listen. Having spent the past few weeks nervous that Texas A&M or UCLA or Michigan State were coming for fish, I'm relieved it appears he will be sticking around, but also appreciate your sentiments that having a coach other programs look at is a good thing. I would agree that Florida would be the cho- job he would leave for if ever given the chance, and I wouldn't fault him for that. Keep up the great work! Exclamation point. Oh, that's nice. I like yeah. when people are nice to us in the reviews. <laughs> I like when they agree with us too. It's like our <laughs> podcast when we we don't have hot takes at each other. We just say, huh, "What an interesting opinion." I tend to agree. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, we're we're all on the same page here. That's great. No, even in like the fish conversation, that's not going away, I think. Yeah. You know, and if and when the Florida job opens up, that's when it'll be like, okay, like Arizona can only do so much if he wants that job and they want him, he gone. But like we've talked about, I'm like, uh, KJ File mentioned is like, that's fine. <laughs> like, like that's not a bad thing when other teams want your coach. It means your coach is doing good and you get buyouts and your program's in a much better place than it was beforehand. So you know, would it would it be no fun to see Jed Fish leave? Yeah, I'd, I'd want for him to stay. And he was asked about that. I know I forget which press conference it was. It was between our last show where he's like, "Why? Like my family loves it here. Why would I want to leave?" Like, like, like he kind of alluded to trying to do what like basketball is doing. Like, be that guy. Like, why can't we be like the basketball program here? So, it's the right answer. And I imagine there'll be extension news of Fish sooner soon enough. And but, you know, the right answer is yeah. Why would I want to leave? We can do this here. You know, we can be the long term. My family loves it here. Why not be like men's basketball here and build that here? Doesn't mean he'll stick around when the other opportunity no. presents itself. But I think until such a time comes, Jed Fish is definitely all in on Arizona. And however, like, that's a good thing. You know, because we're seeing the results of that. We're seeing Arizona be in the Alamo Bowl, be a team that's going to be one of the favorites, if not the favorite, to win the Big 12 next season. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, depending on who all comes back from the roster from this year and what they can add to it. But. Like Arizona football is in a really good place right now in a large part because of Jed fish. So if other schools want him, like it's because he's doing great. And you know what? They can want him all they want, but they got to pay Adam if they're going to take him away. Yeah. I want to see that. I want to see that buyout in the extension be <laughs> sizable. Right. <laughs> I mean, we all know that Arizona could use it. 
but that's a whole different story that we're not really yeah. going to get into because there's a lot of, I don't, I don't know. I just, I think I, I, I would, this is pure speculation, but I presume that any Jetfish extension announcement is probably not being announced when they're talking about, you know, all the financial difficulties. They're given a little the bit of space would for be that. Kind of, kind of brutal on something like that. So understandable, yeah. but as long as it's done and obviously Jetfish is working like he's going to be around for a while, then mm-hmm. you, you take that and nothing's going to change. I don't think there's really too much negative recruiting about the idea that Jetfish could leave because number one, there's no indication he's going to leave and two, any coach could leave at any time. He's not the only one. So, yeah. Thanks for those reviews, everybody. The ratings and the reviews. We do appreciate that, of course. If you find us on iTunes and on Spotify, on iTunes is where you read those reviews. Give the reviews, and we'll read those on the air. Otherwise, you can find us on the Twitter machine, also known as X to some people, at Wildcat Radio AZ. Um, is that everything? It's been a while. Do the, the at Wildcat Radio AZ, Spotify and iTunes. Do I think else? that. I think that's right, Adam. It's, it is Adam, right? <laughs> the last I checked. <laughs> I don't know. I'm back to the beginning of the show. What did I say? <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to Bill Walton you a little bit. <laughs> really? You want to, you want to be Bill Walton? Okay. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the Northwest, man. <laughs> Things get going on you. <laughs> I'm getting a little, a little loopier and wackier. I don't know what to tell you. There you go. Well, let's make for a fun Wildcat Radio 2.0 in the future. I think Wildcat Radio 2.6 or something we'll have to call it. Or, or if it's a Bill Walton themed Wildcat Radio 4.2.0. Could do the Gronk edition, Wildcat Radio 6.9. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's time to go. <laughs> All the stuff I said earlier at Wildcat Radio AZ, iTunes, Spotify, on iTunes, leave us a review, read on the air. Thank you for listening. We'll get into a lot of football next week. Otherwise, Arizona basketball has some big games this week, and hopefully Arizona wins. That'd be fun. But yeah, whatever happens, we'll talk about it next week along with football. And until then, remember to bear down. Bear down.